And we are live. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Fresh Fit Podcast. We're here with Adam, Adam. our boy from Valley Tavern. Yes, sir. We got an interview coming up that's going to be lit for y'all. Let's get into it. Let's go. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Fresh Fit Podcast. We're on episode two of today's Money Monday, bro. Yes. We brought our boy Adam from Valuetainment, a.k.a. the Patrick Bet Davis po- David Podcast. Uh, real quick announcement, guys. Patreon.com slash Fresh Fit. Check us out over there. You want to see us kick out annoying girls to include that dumb bimbo from last week? Patreon.com slash Fresh Fit. And we also upload a bunch of content on there pretty almost every day and a couple of the videos that got taken down while we were suspended from YouTube. So go check out the unfiltered stuff over there. Yep. Also, check us out on Fresh Fit Clips, our other YouTube channel where we put the best parts or the funniest parts of each podcast. So if you don't have two to three hours to watch a full pod, check us out over there and enjoy the clips. The whole other channel, Fresh Fit Clips. Also, check us out on Spotify, Google, our podcast. We're everywhere that you listen to pods because we're the best. And then uh, get the merch, guys, freshfitpodcaststore.com so you don't end up like Fresh spending a lot of money on designer. <laughs> so uh, get the hoodies, t-shirts, et cetera. <laughs> Get the there. gear, y'all. Get, get the, the gear. gear. Simp to pimp gear. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then, yeah, other than that, man, let's get right fucking into it. Adam, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, brother. We know who you are. Exactly. Look, we well, did we, a fire interview with Adam. That was Adam, awesome. Yeah. Uh, what, the last week? Last Thursday. And it's already well, four at days 80, ago. 830K views already well, on YouTube. 83K. 83K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. You so, throw an extra zero in there, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> they won't know. No biggie. They won't know. Uh, <laughs> so, Adam, we know who you are, man. Yeah. Uh, but can you introduce yourself to the people? For sure. Respect. So, my name's Adam Sosnick. Everyone calls me Sauce. So, everyone, Adam Sauce. And I co host um, the PBD podcast on Valuetainment with Patrick Bed Davis. David, who uh, a lot of people know as like a big time businessman and that guy's as real as it gets and uh, I grew up here in Miami I'm a I'm a local boy done good I um, 305 in the house for sure and um, I'm a a full-on uh, rags to riches story so I'm an open book uh, you can google me if you want to y'all um, and uh, nothing off limits today and basically I'm sure we'll get into it. You know, my mission at the end of the day is I was a jack of all trades, had a million different jobs, club promoter. Take us uh, through it, bro. Yeah, I Take was. Us uh, it. Tell us the rags of riches story. I'll, t- I'll tell you the thing. rags of riches story. But yeah. and then my, my purpose right now is to basically break down finance into a language that everybody can understand. Right. So um, I'll give you the, the 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 long story short. Basically, so I grew up here in Miami. I was a public school kid my whole life. And uh, my last few, three years of high school, I got a scholarship to a private school called Miami Country Day because I was a football player and a basketball player. Mm. And I went from being like the one white boy on the basketball team to being like, there was only one kid on the basketball team that was black kid on the basketball team. Exactly. Let alone on the basketball (laughs) team. Exactly. So like (laughs) I saw both sides of the track here in Miami. You know, as you guys know, Miami is a complete melting pot, you know. Cuban, Jamaican, Haitian, Jewish, you black, white. Yeah, don't know. Big man. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, just seeing both sides of the track. And I was like, oh, shit. And, you know, 
I had a piece of shit Honda Accord that my mom gave me, color of rust, where in public school, it's like, whatever, you got a shitty car, you're one of, like, the hundreds. You show up to the private school, and everyone's got, you know, private school in fucking BMWs, Miami. Are we talking about Mercedes. BMWs, Mercedes, yep. you know, Hummers, the whole thing, and I'm like, oh, shit. And for me, my crutch was always comedy. So I did stand-up comedy for a long time. I, you know, we'll get into all that. But I went I went from, like, this, like, weird, like, how did I end up in this school, like, uh, kid, like, kind of awkward. And then by senior year, I was captain of the football team, captain of the basketball team, just, like, running the show, shitty-ass car and all, you know. So played college football. Uh, but basically, just to, to move things along, yeah. I... Um, after college, I got, uh, I basically moved back to Miami and I was like, all right, like most college kids, what, what do I do? do? Undergrad? I went to Florida State. Florida State, okay. So Florida State, shout out to Florida State, uh, uh, my Seminoles out there. Although I am a, a huge Canes fan, so it was always conflicting. So oh, 305 at the end How of the day. You. I know, I know, I get that a lot. But so basically when I get got back to Miami, I was a club promoter, I was a hotel manager, I was doing stand-up comedy. Uh, shout out to Chris. I did some substitute teaching for a little bit. Yeah, he was a sub. Gosh. I was. Uh, I was. Um, you look like a substitute teacher. Thank you, bro, Mr. Adams. keep it down, y'all. <laughs> I can't imagine you, you as a club promoter. A club promoter for a while, yeah. Either. That's funny. Bro, look look at this. Sure. You literally look like the guy that would like roll in that TV, right? Into the classroom. <laughs> people don't want to talk. the fuck hey, over. It's, it's a movie oh, day, y'all. It's a movie day. Anytime they put a movie on, you know I'm just uh, hung over the night before. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And then, uh, yeah, so I did a bunch of just different jobs and finally eager to start just fucking making some money because all my friends were starting to come up in their, in their early to mid-20s. And um, this was 2006, 2007, right before the recession. I got a job uh, as a cold caller for a startup financial firm hedge fund up in Boca. I knew nothing about finance. I knew nothing about insurance, investments, Sales. everything I did. Nothing, nothing. I just knew that I, from all my club promoting days and stand-up comedy i just wasn't scared i just was like yo i whatever that it is you need to get on the phones and make sales and network whatever yeah. i had it so i went from my first year uh in that business i made five grand five fucking grand in a in whole year one year what? yeah exactly and then my second year made a hundred grand yeah i was like literally crashing on friends couches um how old are you at this point now? I'm 26, 27 and at that point. And this is circa yeah. 2007, 2006, 2008? 2007, okay. right, right around there. So I'm 41 now. Yeah, I'm old, bro. Just kidding. I uh, just look up for my age, dog. <laughs> I tell people, like, you, like if you if you look good for 40, tell people you're 50. Like, damn, you yeah. look fucking amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you don't look good for 40, you tell someone, like, you're 35. It's like, you look fucking horrible, yeah. dude. Get it together. But like this, so, let me say, men definitely gain uh, wisdom and experience, and they also gain, you know, notoriety when they get older. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, would like say, wine, I would say right now I'm 41. I, I feel like I'm in my prime right now. Me, just so you, Literally. Just so you guys know. But basically, I uh, just to kind of get to the point of all this, I went from you know making five grand my first year and made a hundred grand. Then the Second recession year? happened. Yeah, the recession happened. Went back down to like forty grand. I'm very open about this. And then cha-ching. And then all of a sudden, like light switch. It's kind of like you know, like the Malcolm Gladwell. You got to you know put in ten thousand hours to be an expert at something like that. And then all of a sudden, I started making money: hundred grand, two hundred grand, three hundred grand, four hundred grand, half a million bucks a year. And I'm like, holy shit! At the age of 35, I'm a fucking millionaire. This is insane, right? But I was always, so like my whole mantra, like the, uh, the, like the theme of my show and everything, and I'll get into all that, is save that money, save that money. 
And we'll get, we'll get into all that. But basically, while I was making all this money, I was just stacking and investing, stacking and investing. And um, so that's it. So basically, uh, how I ended up in social media, just to kind of wrap this up and, and open it up, was I met Patrick Bet David in 2010 at a financial conference. Okay. And we were just two dudes working out in the fucking gym. Wow. And, really? Yeah. And, and what I call these conferences... I call it the MPS, male, pale, and stale crowd. It's just like all a bunch of old white dudes, <laughs> right? And I'm a white guy, but I'm not pale or stale. Or I mean, maybe I can get some sun, but what I'm not, I ain't fucking stale. Yeah. So um, I bonded with Pat, who's a six foot four Iranian guy. And we're like, what's your deal? What's your deal? All right, cool. Let's keep in touch. And then every year I saw him and this guy was getting bigger and bigger and bigger in his field. And I was getting bigger too, but not like him. Was he on YouTube at that point? Not yet. Okay. No, not at all. He was just starting his financial this company. This is 2011, 2010, 2000, okay. exactly. 2011, 2012, exactly. 2012 okay. to be exact, exactly. Okay. And he had not started Valuetainment because I think, I think Valuetainment started in like 2014. Yeah. And um, if anybody knows Patrick or Valuetainment, like the guy is an absolute G. And what happened was uh, when I first met him, it was in the gym, like homies working, like when I met you, yo, what up, what up? Yeah. The next time I met him, he had two people surrounding him, like a CMO and a CFO. Hey, how you guys are doing? By the third or fourth time I saw him, there was a crowd around him at this financial conference and like his handlers were like, oh, excuse me, who are you? Like, why are you like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, Pat, this is like, what? he's like, yo, let out him in. I'm like, what the fuck is going on yeah. around here? You know? He's made it. He made it. And then, Anyway, we had a conversation. Was like, this a year later or two this years is, later? No, this is like five years later. Five years later. Okay. So, you know, I, I'm a big advocate of playing the long game. Gotcha. Like, if you're trying to get rich quick, I can't help you. If you want to get rich slow, I got you. So just so the people yeah. in the timeline, 2012, you meet him. About 2017, you run back into him, and now he has this whole exactly with him. Okay. Exactly. Something like that. Right, right around that time frame. You're absolutely right, Myron. And then he says, yo, 2016, because it was right around the election. Okay. It's so like four years later. He goes, yo, have you started doing any content on social media? I go, no, I actually haven't. I, dude, I was always that guy late to the game. Like, people had Friendster. I'm like, Friendster? Like, I got a fucking cell phone. I'll call, I'll holler at my friends. You remember Friendster? I don't even know It was that before is. MySpace. Oh, shit. Did you, ever, did you guys even have MySpace? I had MySpace. I had, I had okay. High Five. In Caribbean, that's what they have. High Five. Okay. What? There it is. <laughs> Shout out to the Caribbean Yo. MySpace. Hey. High Five. Yeah, man. <laughs> you were in the Caribbean, so you wouldn't know. So, I was always late to the game on all this stuff. So by the time I got MySpace, people are like, MySpace? We're already on Facebook. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, I just got MySpace. So by the time that people got onto Facebook, they're like, I'm like, oh my God, I got it. It like, took me years. They're like, you're getting on Facebook. Everyone's on Instagram now. Yeah. Like, I, just, I was always missing the boat. And by the time that I got onto Instagram 2016, oh, yeah, you're late. I basically, everyone was like, yo, like, don't try to like, compete with the cool crowd. Like you're gonna lose. Like the cool kids have already done the 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 yachts, the boats, the this, the that. Like I've already done that. So if you're gonna do something on social media, do it with something business related, financial related, because nobody was really hitting that yet. So I had a conversation with Patrick. He's like, "Yo, you should start doing a money show." And the basic what I started doing is I teamed up with my buddy who was a producer for CNN and CNBC. He's like, dude, take all my equipment. I'll give you some people. Go around and just start fucking interviewing anyone oh, and everybody about money. And I started with interviewing financial advisors. Is that Jenny on the show? Hi, Jenny. Um, Jenny Valdez in the house. Oh, shit. Um, it's probably a troll. Oh, no, it's <laughs> no. a troll. Oh, really? That's <laughs> yeah. my girl. She just gave. Oh. Oh, this is. Hey, we Adam. Have a 
We have oh, that articles. is a troll. Yeah, you'll, you'll see us soon. <laughs> What's so random? <laughs> you'll and see I, soon. I told you, bro. What the fuck is going on? They're trolling hard in here, bro. They're trolling hard. Adam, welcome anyway. to Pressure Fizz. It's going to yeah. get much worse, my hey, friend. Hey, man. Oh, I've yeah, I, I realized the toughest people in the world are internet trolls. They are the <laughs> toughest. Anybody t- tougher than... Like when Drake said, uh, trigger fingers turned into Twitter fingers. Yeah. That's like fucking exactly what yeah, it is. Literally. So... Um, I started interviewing financial advisors like crazy. I'd go to these financial conferences. I'd go to one a month. I, you know, all these guys I was doing business with. And I would say, hey, question for you, Bob, Rick, Jim, Susie, whatever. If you had one piece of advice for millennials when it comes to money, what would it be? And then I just chopped up all their responses. And the most common response was save your money. Like you're going to need it. Save your money, save your money. And so many. And then obviously there was some other invest in real estate. And, you know, this is pre crypto, but everything. Everything revolved around saving because when you can save, you can invest. So I got that. And then um, you're familiar with like juxtaposition. Like there's one thing and there's one thing completely fucking opposite. Yeah. So I started going to events like Ultra here in Miami, Rolling Loud here in Miami. Times. Shout out to uh, my boys on Rolling Loud, Matt Zingler uh, and, uh, and um, Tarek Sharif. Anyways, I started going to these events, Coachella and, and Okeechobee, whatever, places where young people hang out. And I would ask them, like, save your money or or spend that money. What do you think the most common response was at these spend festivals? Spend that money for marketing. Yo, spend that shit. YOLO, live it up, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, damn. The young people, the Gen Z, the millennials are just spending, you know, making it rain. Yep. Or if you have, like, the old wealthy financial advisors that are basically saying, save your money, save your money. And I was like, okay, I'm on to something. And that became my mission. Mm. And um, So you bridge the gap between the two generations. Yeah, and I, and I basically call myself the oldest millennial, 1980, mm. right? So yep. I'm the oldest millennial. Um, and I, I kind of, I, it's actually a phrase that I use from time to time. I kind of bridge the gap between the baby boomers yeah. and the older folks yeah. and the Gen Z. I kind of like an uncle to like the 20 somethings out yeah. there. So, Cause you're, cause you're right in that sweet spot, right in the middle yeah. where you're old enough to remember what life was like prior to all these technological uh, conveniences, Facts. but you're also, um, you know, young enough to still be in yeah. tune to be on social media exactly. and the power of it. So, so. then I, um, I, 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 being born and raised in Miami and being uh, formerly in the nightlife world and having some, some, uh, partnerships and some of the clubs down here, I still go out. So like on the, during the week I'm putting on a suit and tie, but during, you know, at night, I'll go throw on my Tims and I'll go out and do my thing. And I and I'm seeing. I don't know. I just saw, I, I saw Cole Anthony in the in the dunk contest yesterday, <laughs> dunking in Tims. Yeah, I, I don't know. Tim. I just thought about that. But yeah, that's something that I actually take a lot of pride in. Is that I, I understand the older people and and like the more conservative, what have you. But I also kick it mostly with the younger. And don't forget, a lot of the girls I date are. 10 years younger than me course, let's say as, you, as they should be as they should be sir you should not be dating no old hoes no i i i, I understand Sorry. where you're coming from <laughs> so anyway it gives me a good um i guess mindset what it's like to be a little bit older have some money but also like and don't forget if i'm dating a girl who's you know 10 years younger than me who's 30 as an example I'm friends with her friends, so I'm meeting guys who are 28, 29, 30, asking them questions. They haven't made it in their career yet. So question, when yeah. you were doing uh, those street, because that's a very unique niche, you were basically doing street interviews, yes. but combining it with a financial aspect. All a of lot it. of people do street yeah. interviews to get a reaction, prank, or yeah. ask dating questions. Yeah. You were actually doing it to Thousands, get like as many as you've, you've probably interviewed here at this table, a thousand plus girls. Yeah. At least, right? Sure. Yeah. I've done that out and about at a million different areas, nice. festivals, Ocean Drive, everything. And at so, this point, you're working yeah. for Valuetainment, doing it for that channel, right? 
or were you still on your own? I started, I was just doing it on my own, just oh, okay. an Instagram thing, Saz Talks Money, and that was that's kind of how it started. And then basically about three years ago, um, Pat and I really got into some dialogue about coming on to Valuetainment, okay. and then so I've been with them for about yeah. two years now. It so now I work easy. exclusive with Valuetainment. So you guys had stayed in contact for, for years and years? Ten years, bro. Because, yeah. because you knew Ten each other. Ten years. Yo, that okay. is yeah. not easy, bro. Doing street interviews back-to-back being that consistent, Dude, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And to get get outside and get up and do that every day, yeah. it's not easy, bro. And this is easy. this kind of goes yeah. down. This comes back. I always circle back to um, when I did stand up comedy and when I did clubs. Like the worst thing you can be is is just shy. I think Jordan Peterson something to the. I'm gonna butcher it, but Jordan Peterson said, "What's worse, your fear of failure or the or the fear." Um, of like paralyzing you, not able to of regret of regret. Yeah. Exactly. Thank fear you. The fear of regret or, or fear fear of regret. I'd much rather fail and be like, "Fuck!" At least I tried, than be an eighty-year-old salty old bastard. It's like I regret that I never yeah. like. There's nothing worse than that. So thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. That, so that for me, it was always like, "Yo, use my stand-up comedy skills, use my networking skills, get out there, interview people." That's something that I'm. You know, good at quite frankly. And networking so, is very important, man. The 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 key is networking. My boy, you know, yeah, for yeah. sure. So um, that's so you your thing. That's yeah. your thing. I see you out in the streets, baby. <laughs> yes, sir, yes, sir. So you mentioned before you you tell people, hey, save, 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 save. Yeah. So what would you say to detractors, right? That say, well, you can't save yourself to be rich. You know, a lot of that's people, true. I actually agree with people, that. Okay. I would so, say, I mean, for me, for instance, I'm not worth ten billion dollars. I'm over ten million. I'm worth one point two million dollars. Like mm -hmm. that's my net worth. Mm -hmm. It's very important to know your assets and your liabilities. Very your true. net worth or your assets minus your liabilities. I have very few liabilities. And as far as like saving, I would say ninety percent of my net worth is in investments. A lot of it's in the stock market. Some of it's in crypto. Some of it's in, in REITs. I know you invest in real estate. So yep. real estate investment trust. You don't have to buy property true. to invest in real estate. I like I don't own any property. I, I rent, I'm flexible. I keep my my overhead low and my flexibility high. Like, okay. I'm just like, what's up? Where am I going? Where am I moving next? I'm moving, I'm hanging with Patrick. I'm moving Miami, I'm doing this. So, but you can still invest in real estate through a REIT. Yes, um, without the hassle. Without having to actually fix the leaky faucets or whatever. So, And for the people out there, yeah. guys, a REIT is basically an ETF that tracks um, the top real estate Brokerages essentially that exactly. and you get paid a commercial real estate. Um, commercial it's called the real, real estate investment trust. Like yeah. so, Grant Cardone, everyone at real estate, real estate. Uncle G. Uncle G. He's he's an advocate of of not buying a property because it's not a cash flow asset. That's his that's his thing, but he does invest in REITs or he's put together their Cardone, you know, ten X REIT, whatever. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a good REIT or a bad REIT. I just know he's doing that. Oh, oh Torsha in the house. Reit. How you doing? Oh yeah, um, Rolo's in the house too. He said speaking in my guy Rolo. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you, yep. Rolo. Uh, gratitude to you, my we'll friend. We'll talk about that too, for sure. But yeah, so at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm taking. You know, people are like, "Well, so what's the difference between you and like Dave Ramsey?" It's like, no, a lot of the stuff that he talks about, I agree with. But if you kind of substitute all the like, he's very biblical and yes. conservative. But there's some decent financial advice there. I kind of have some similar financial advice, but it's very pop culture driven, yeah. celebrity driven. Yeah. You know, we can get into who I know and what I did with the nightlife and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, so I've boiled down finance. So when I started asking questions, I was like, okay, cool. Like, all right, so save. All right, cool. You know, you can't, I, one of the things I'll say to your point, Myron, is you can't save your way to becoming a millionaire. Yeah. You're going to have to sure. invest. But in order to invest, you need to save. So when I started asking all these questions, I basically realized, hold on, there's like 
a, a handful of specific principles that you need to master in order to win the money game. Because it's a money game out there. Just yeah. like it's the dating game, it's the money game, everything's a game, and you, you got to win it. That's capitalism. So I boiled it down to these six principles. And yeah, certainly one of them is saving and another one is in investing and we can go over what those things are, but the name of the game is to end up what's called chilling. So um, right now I'm chilling. And now when I, cause I still have my job at the hedge fund and I, that's just um, money income coming in. Pilot. I found my niche. Do you, work, do you work full-time doing that? Yeah, full-time with that okay, still. Okay, so you work for the hedge fund exactly. and you're doing the YouTube stuff on a side. It's like how you do fresh and fit you know, during the day, but then at night you're doing the after-hours thing. I don't know, I'm trying to use an analogy Fair here. Enough. But yeah, so I have so two careers go going Monday, on. Monday through Friday working for the hedge fund. I haven't worked there in the office in seven years. So oh, I've, I've been working remotely. So like if the if no one if no one told me a, pan, a pandemic was going on in 2020, I would have just still been working away at home and just oh, like gotcha. doing my thing. So, so so you're um so you're working for this for this hedge fund now yeah. still still and doing the YouTube grind. Yes. Um. So your earned income, I'm assuming, is coming from that Correct. hedge fund. And yes. Is that what you live off of, or do you do you get your dividends back from the stock market and your investments? I inve reinvest all my okay. dividends, so I don't touch the stock market. What, the whole point Smart. of investing is hopefully that you don't have to touch it because if yeah. you're if you're if you're if you're following these prints so i'll just tell you these six principles i have is like let's do it okay so if you want to win the money game you need to have a game plan for your money a lot of people will call that a budget or cash flow and within that budget you need to understand your income and your expenses income is what's coming in the door out you know expenses are what's going out the door mm -hmm. so analogy that i always use is like I don't know if people are sports fans out there, but the Phoenix Suns in the nineteen in the early 2010s, uh, it, was, uh, it was Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, yeah. these guys, they'd put up 125 points running a game. Running and gunning, baby. Running and gunning. The problem was Fast they gave break. up 126. Yep. So they're putting up all these fucking points. So it's like the equivalent of a guy who makes 200 grand but spends 210 grand a year. So I don't care if you're making 50. I don't care if you're making 80. You have to spend less than you make. But it's all about having... A budget and it's and it's because this is money mondays right we'll just kind of break this down within your budget everyone whoever's listened to the, has the same big three expenses i don't care who you are what you do everyone has their housing their transportation and their food and beverage exactly. if you can manage those three things and get those under control obviously you have all you know additional expenses you'll you know, you'll understand your budget and your net worth will will increase. So that's number one to win the money game is you got to have understand the cash flow, the budget, however you want to call it, have a game plan for your money. Number two, before you can win the money game, don't lose. So <laughs> this is where things can maybe get a little controversial is my opinion. The worst four letter word that you can possibly have is debt, D-E-B-T, debt. Now, are there is there decent debt like mortgages potentially? Yes, but it's still negative interest rates. But then you get into credit cards, car loans, um, what I call the the C's of debt, consumer <laughs> loans, yeah. credit loans. cards, yeah, personal loans, college loans, oh, yeah. cribs, which are basically mortgages. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. Marriage. And then the <laughs> marriage, that's, 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 <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Stupid. <laughs> and then um, the worst type of debt you can possibly find yourself in, the C's of debt are cash advances. These are you know basically payday loans where you're getting just lynched by the payday loan company for 400 percent it's just sharks, yeah, yeah. it's disgusting so you know i i i um i ask people all right how much debt do you have all right i got 40 grand worth of debt what's the interest rate man i don't even know you don't know the interest rate oh, God. like go on your like i remember i'll never forget it was a college basketball player 
uh, that was staying with my buddy who played in the NBA. He was staying with him, and he's like, yo, talk to Adam. He'll fucking he'll G you up when it comes to money. He's like, oh, okay, cool, what's up? I'm like, he owned like two grand on his credit card. He's like, what should I do? I go, what's the interest rate? He goes, I don't know. I go, pull it up. He pulls up his Chase account, looks at it, and he goes, 24.9%. I go, do you have any idea how bad that is? He goes, yeah. no. I go, it's the fucking worst. Mm -hmm. It's like the highest they can charge you. Seriously. So, it, uh, so anyway, understand the amount. Too. That's the scary part. It's, yeah, it's, variable it's interest rate. So understand how bad you're losing the interest rate game. You can either lose the interest rate game, debt, right? How bad it is, like, or win the interest rate game, which is investing. So understand your debt. Understand, basically, you know, I have a whole budgeting. If you want to go on to Valuetainment, I can have the link. I'll send all this stuff. But basically, the name of the debt, the amount of the debt, the interest rate. All right, cool. So you have a game plan for your money. You understand that, number one, have a game plan. You understand, number two, don't lose. Like, I, I, being that I was a football player in college and, you know, I hang out with a lot of athletes, I like to use sports analogies. Debt is like basically turnovers in football. It's pick sixes, mm, interceptions, yep. getting sacked fumbles the whole the whole freaking frick, thing you're no longer on offense you're on defense exactly yep. exactly thank you, you lose Myron. the ball you lose your you lose Field your mind, position you're yeah. going backwards uh so debt is losing the interest rate game so once you can basically figure out your debt and figure out your cash flow you can start save that money yeah. and basically the stats are ridiculous these days you know three out of four people are living paycheck to paycheck 50 percent of americans don't have 500 bucks for an emergency yeah 40 percent of americans don't have a thousand bucks to their name yep. you know and 90 percent of americans uh buy things they they can't afford so it's just like an it's a endemic pandemic of just personal finance we what all go to school we all take the same useless classes biology algebra Gosh. chemistry trigonometry mm. no fucking money classes nope so it took me 10 years of finance to basically be like oh shit this is what it is this is what it okay all right that why didn't they tell me that of like piecing this all together as a former nightlife guy comedian who turned into a financial guy like i had to learn on the go and then once you can save so i tell people for the most part you know stack 10 g's Okay. Ninety percent of point. Americans cannot even get to that amount. Yeah. Okay. So, if you're if you're like the one person in the audience, it's like ten G's, bro. You know, my my monthly nut is ten G's. Okay, amazing. You're awesome. You're killing it. Yep. Save fifty G's, whatever yeah. it is. So most people tell you to save, you know, three to six months, twelve months for an emergency fund, a rainy day fund, a cushion. Dude, I'm the type of person that's like, save two years, bro. Mm. You, once you stack up cash and you start investing, here's the here's the trick. Once you can stack up enough cash and you start investing, the goal is when you start investing is to never have to pull that cash out. There you right. go. Because you can get the compound interest effect. So if you guys are familiar with the, the financial company Vanguard? Of course. Yeah. Okay, so I got, Vanguard. I got, I, got, I got an account with them. I got Respect. An too. Awesome. They're a great company. I have a, so I read the, the founder of their company is called Jack Bogle. So I read his book called The Boglehead's Guide to Investing. He created the index fund, didn't he? Exactly. Bam, so baby. boom, index funds, he did an interview mutual with, um, funds. Uh, what's the guy's name? The speaker, the white guy, Tony Robbins. Oh, uh, Jack Bogle did yeah, before think, he passed. You're saying? I think he, he just he's old as shit. I think he died a few years ago. We did die a yeah. few years ago. I he think was he 90 created, something. If I'm not mistaken, he created the index fund in like the 1970s. Correct. And the only reason this is fresh in my head, guys, I studied all this stuff in early February on my birthday. I was like, all right, in 2022, I'm gonna get. As you guys know, I'm in crypto and real estate. I was like, I'm gonna get into the stock market now. Yeah. So I took like 24 hours where I just studied nothing but index funds and ETFs, and I'm all indexed out. Smart. There you go. That's but smart. anyway, listen to Myron, yo. Uh, uh, gonna, uh, but uh, but yeah, can you break it down for the people? Real yeah. Quick? What, so what, what, what I I are? read his book. I've read 
too many books to, to to name when it comes to to finance. And I'm not a huge reader. I'm not like I'm you. a geek. I'm gonna read like I, I'm I'm just a club guy. Yeah. But I I've definitely found a passion for reading about this kind of stuff. So I read his book called The Bogleheads Guide to Investing. And essentially, I'll break it down like this. He kind of hypes it up. He's like, "Yo, y'all ready to invest? Who's ready to invest? Like, let me get some hands up. Who's ready to invest?" And I'm like, "Yo, me, motherfucker. Like, I yeah. want to invest, you know." And he's like, "Well, before you do that, do these three things." And essentially, he's like, "Make sure you eliminate all your high interest credit card debt. Yeah. Um, have a game plan for money or budget. And then what he also says, obviously, stack cash. But here's the here's the here's the kicker: go from having a paycheck mentality to a net worth mentality." Every, you know, 75% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. They can't think a month down the road, three months down the road, a year down the road. Once you've stacked enough cash, you can kind of like sit back and be like, all right, what do I want to do six months from now, a year from now? And that's the power of investing is when you can stack that cash. That's why I say save that money is so important because once you can get over that save portion and get to the investing portion, sky's the limit. So, so just to, so for the people so they understand, um, Get that six months to two years yeah. of savings. I mean, for me, I, I'm a big advocate of saving more than you think you need. Okay. So uh, on a, so we'll say two years, right? I Being would say, let's just say a year. Okay, sure. a year. And I agree with you 100% yeah. that six months is bare minimum, three months bare is minimum. nothing. Three months is nothing. nothing. And then, and bare then minimum, six months. Is, is I would good. recommend a year. And if you're like me and you just want to stack, 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 stack. Two years. Yeah. Two years. Right. And then you have enough cushion. You don't have to worry about investing. So you keep that money, fiat, whatever yes. it is. So, you have, so it's liquid. You got it yes. at all times. Then you take everything past that and it's immediately invested yes. into, in your case, uh, the stock market. So can you tell the yeah. people a little bit about your in, uh, what an index fund sure. is, an ETF is, and then what you personally have? Sure. So I started and pe people are like, oh my God, that's so boring. Yeah. Sometimes boring works. I started with getting a 401k straight yeah. up. I got a 401k through work, uh, through my, for the financial firm, the hedge fund. Yep. And, um, you know, they match it. So every year I'm maxing out my 401k. I think the max these days, it was 18,000. Now it's 19,000. So mm. some people might say, dude, I can't put 18,000 into a 401k every year. All right. What can you put? A yeah. thousand, 2,000, 5,000, start with something. Right. right? And I'm and assuming it, your firm, just real quick, do they match your- They match, exactly. They probably? match up to, I think, believe 6%. Nice. Correct. Okay. So, so I'm getting another, you know, five Gs, whatever it is. Um, from the firm. So every year I'm getting 25 grand, whatever the number is into my 401k. And I've been doing that since 2008. Oh, so my 401k has got a half a million bucks in it that I can't touch it. Yeah. I can't touch it. But by the time, if you like trend it out to the time I'm 70, it's going to be like $6 million in my goddamn 401k. Can't Damn. touch it. Slip. Okay. So that's, that's the basics. That's like, Okay, the sandwich, like we need to start Step with the one. bread, right? Mm. So then I, I do when I, well, now I can't contribute this amount anymore because I, quite frankly, make too much than the threshold. But you can get a Roth IRA. So yeah. if you can't do a, if you can't do a four hundred one k, do a Roth IRA. But you could do a SEP, right? A SEP IRA. A SEP. Uh, yeah, that that's also another exactly like a SEP. Now you're taking it to another fucking level that's here. That's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, exactly. So, um, hello, um, yeah, all these things. So my whole thing is like, look, I'm not going to tell you whether you should do a four hundred one k, a Roth IRA a Roth 401k, a backdoor step 401k, mm. a single employee retirement, like just do something. Right. Okay. Just do so. Even if you're a real estate investor, you don't want all your money tied up in an illiquid asset. Yeah. You want to have some liquidity even at retirement. So that's why I say to start. Then after that, after a Roth IRA is probably the best thing, unless you can get a, a match 401k at work. And then 
So, I so, started, one, so one lowers your tax liability, and then the other one you can pull tax-free. Correct. Your 401k is uh, pre-tax, mm-hmm. and 401k is post-tax. So on my 401k, down the road, you it's growing tax-free gains. now. I'll grow, Exactly. I'll pay capital gains tax uh, you know, when I'm 70 years when old. You pull it out. My so Roth IRA. And you'll have to pay a capital tax. Whatever it is. But I'm not paying tax now, and it's lowering my tax bracket now. Correct. Yeah. Uh, the, a Roth IRA, it's after-tax dollars. So... It's your money. You can't touch uh, the gains. You can't. So if you put in five grand and it grows to ten grand, you can touch. You can take out five grand. It's yours. Yeah. You can't touch that five grand. There's going to be penalties, taxes, yeah. what have you. But that's the basics. And that's, for my government people out there, this is your thrift savings account, guys. So yeah, thrift savings thing. account. It's exactly. TSP, it's the same thing whether you're military, law enforcement, all whatever. that. Same thing, guys. All that. And then, um, you know, from there. Uh, you know, that's vanilla ice cream, chocolate ice cream. Then if you want to throw in some Rocky Road, some swirls, you know, I, I have my brokerage account with Vanguard and Man, another one with Fidelity. what you have in your portfolio? You Dude, I'm a big index fund guy. Damn. I'm an S&P 500 guy. People are like, what's your hot stock? It's like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, I really don't. I'm not, and you know who else doesn't know? Nobody. Facts. So like, you, like every yeah. fund. So the whole concept of the index fund that Jack Bogle created yeah. and, you know, Warren Buffett, you know what Warren Buffett challenged all these active traders yes, like a million dollars yeah I said I'll give you a million bucks a piece if you can beat, beat the S&P 500, 500. Yep. he won every single time yeah, yeah. So, th- so I think they beat it like one year out of five and these were the whatever best. it was these are the best of the best of the best Harvard and they couldn't grads. beat just the normal index so yeah. the, here's what I'll say like who won the Super Bowl this year okay Rams the fucking Rams yeah. and they were against Cincinnati yep if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that Cincinnati freaking Bengals were going to be in the Super Bowl, no one would believe it. They were like, no. they, had the, they, had the, they had the worst odds in the entire league. Yeah. The Rams were supposed to be okay. But if basically the, the analogy that I'm getting at is if you were going to put your money on, you know, the Patriots or the Kansas City Chiefs or the Green Bay Packers, you would have lost. Yep. Straight up. Yep. But the, the whole point of an index fund is not, stop trying to pick the one or two teams you think is going to win. Just buy the NFL. Just go. buy the NFL. And summer teams are going to do well, and some teams are going to shit the bed, but you're betting on the NFL. So essentially an index fund or an S&P 500 is you're betting on America. The you know, 500 companies. 500 in companies States. in the United States. You're, that, you're, so go ahead. No, no, go, go, go. Uh, all I was going to say was just for the people, I always say, like, think of it as like if you want to get an Oreo cookie and Chips Ahoy and maybe another cookie, right? If you buy one Oreo, it's going to be five bucks. But if you buy uh, an, an index fund of Oreo, Chips Ahoy, et cetera, small pieces of it mm-hmm. in, you can buy it at a cheaper price versus paying five bucks for that Oreo. Now you could pay $2 and own a portion of it as well as a bunch of other cookies in there that's going to lower your risk. Right, yes. because if you buy one individual cookie, you're staking all your money in Correct. that cookie. So an index fund, guys, with S and P 500, take the 500 top companies in the United States, and you're basically diversifying your risk among the top 500 companies. So all of them would have to fail for you to lose all your money. And in that case, well, they, it's probably the, the judgment day. You hit the would, nail on the head, Myron. I would if, say there, there, there's one uh, clause here: if you don't invest in Chewy. You won't go wrong. <laughs> so, but Chewy right now, shout out Chewy. Get canned dog food because it's gonna happen. Yo, I ain't gonna lie. I spent a thousand bucks on Chewy just to fucking troll, and yeah. it went up. It's down now because the market is crashing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, dude, it, it's going up. We have a joke because uh, there's gonna be a lot of single women out there, and they have a lot of cats and dogs. So yeah, we invest in pet, pet, pet food. food. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I hope you, I hope that's that the, stock goes up. That's the only individual stock I have. But normally, yeah. guys, I do not. 
you know, yeah. I'm not a financial advisor, yeah. whatever, but most guys that are even trained, bro, you shouldn't be dealing with individual stocks for yeah. 90% of you guys. I agree. I mean, do I have a couple individual stocks? I have Disney, I have Tesla, but that's oh, not like, if it goes up, time. it goes down. I'm not freaking out. Yeah. But for the most part, buy every cookie in the in in Publix and yeah. the drugs in the supermarket buy any, every cookie you, so you, you track the S&P 500 yes. do you have any um um index funds that track the entire stock market or the US stock the market the total market fund yeah total market broad VF index fund I A X I think it is yeah is I think you're right the, um, the well the Vanguard you're saying yeah for Vanguard I'm sorry yeah, yeah. um the, the the whole thing is that you know I'm not I'm not I'm not you know, I'm not giving financial advice. This is just common sense yeah, advice, yes, right? Yes. So it's diversification, it's asset allocation. And like the whole thing with investing is the younger you are, the more risk you can take, the more stocks you could have. The older you are, the more bonds you need to have. There's At the end of the day, they said there's only three major asset classes. Now crypto is definitely one of them these days. Mm -hmm. But before that, it was either cash, stocks, and bonds. And the younger you are, the more stocks you have, the more risk you can have. The older you are, the more bonds. Like. If you're grandma and you're 80 years old and you're like, yo, to the moon, baby, Dogecoin. It's like, grandma, don't do yeah, that shit, no, okay? No. Be in bonds, like taking conservative. But the younger you are, you could kind of risk it. But you need to spread the risk out. And real quick for you guys, so I'm double checking. I'm sorry. It's VT Sachs is the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index. And then I also have VOO, uh, which tracks the S&P 500. And that's ETF. And the only difference, mm -hmm. guys, between an ETF and an index fund is that the ETF can be traded like a stock. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can get it on the exchange versus... An index fund, you got to typically go through a brokerage and buy their version of the index fund. But Correct. all the index funds are like the same, whether it's Charles Schwab, um, um, Fidelity, Lynch, Fidelity yeah. et cetera. They have their own index that tracks the S&P 500, yeah. tracks the total market, whatever. You can go, you can't go wrong with any of them. Um, it's just that I pick Vanguard because that's the lo longest, but I think Fidelity lets you actually uh, do it with almost like no fees. Yeah, exactly. Nowadays, a, so they I can have, compete exactly. with Vanguard. That's true. But, so, I mean, the, the days... Here's what I always say, because I know we're, we're on investing now, and I'll give you the, the last two of the, of the six principles. Back in the day, in the 90s, mm -hmm. let's say, I try to compare it to today to the 90s. And real is, quick, guys, we will read the Super Chats, don't worry. Yeah. Adam's giving you guys a lot of heat. I don't want to interrupt them, so go ahead, bro. And then yeah, we'll we can stop. Out. We can start Sorry. at any no, point. No, no, no all good. And So please. basically, in the 90s, you know, who was the poster child in, of Wall Street in the 90s? Uh, Fucking Jordan Belfort. Jordan Belfort, the yeah. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Wall Street. So... Is he is he a fun guy? Would I want to party with him if I'm on a yacht with that guy? If he's got chicks, he's got cocaine, he's fucking partying fun. Hell yeah. yeah! Am I giving that guy my money? Hell no. <laughs> okay. So back in the day, you know, for you know, old of us, old those of us forty plus that remember this, or our parents, um, you used to have to pick up the phone and talk to your stockbroker, and your stockbroker <laughs> would try to tell you what pick he liked, yeah. and sell you the hot stock that. Merrill Lynch or, you know, UBS or Goldman Sachs or Credit Suisse or whoever Deutsche Bank told him that's the hot stock to start pushing, da da da, -da. Yeah. And you're just following fucking what a stock, if you can catch him. And sometimes you have to leave a message. And if you've ever left a voicemail for a stockbroker, he says, trades are not authorized on voicemail. Please contact me during working hours. Like the whole thing. Yeah. That no longer exists. That barrier to entry to invest for the common investor no longer exists. Yeah. You used to have to go through a guy like a Jordan Belfort whether you can trust him or not in order to enter the stock market. So the True. barrier to entry is now obsolete. Mm -hmm. Now anyone can get a robo-advisor with Betterman or Wealthfront or Acorns or any of the companies we've listed yep. or an index fund or a target date fund. It's just so much easier these days. Yep. 
the trick is don't try to think that you're smarter than the market. Yeah. Don't try to find a little hot stock and get rich on it. You're probably not going to win. You know, that's why I said at the beginning, like I like getting rich slow. I started investing in 2008 and it took me, you know, a handful of years, but boom, I look at my account. I'm like, holy shit, it's working $1.2 million. It's no, crazy. Know, so what's your, what's your view on automation? Cause I know a lot of companies that use algorithms now to like trade for them. What's your view on automations? If you're an individual investor. Yeah. So for an individual investor, the one thing you should automate is that, you know, 10% of your paycheck, just boom, yeah. goes right to your 401k. That shit should be automated. So the difference between savings and investing is savings you actually have to do. Yo, should I buy those new Jordans? Nah, let me save that money. Boom. Like you actually have to do that. With investing, you could just automate it where 5% of your paycheck goes right to your 401k. 5% of your of your paycheck goes right to your IRA, whatever, fund, it whatever it is. Yeah. So automation versus, you know, having to do it yourself. That's the difference between saving and investing so so um okay so we, man we covered a lot uh, you know what i'll read this, these chats before i ask this next sure. question uh we're gonna have a great conversation as you guys can see this is why we got adam in the house shout out to fucking sure. here we go. machine baby um hope you guys are taking a lot of value from this adam we still Sandler? got more to talk about <laughs> uh one to three glad you guys have adam on the value tamer show fnf was great the latina chick was shocked to hear men think absolutely man yeah. uh a real pro <laughs> Uh, Adam was my substitute teacher like Chris. Differences they could understand him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, Chris. Uh, Elbow yeah, Ace, 10 bucks. Let's get Patrick on the show. Hey, man. Yeah, we're going to try to make can. it happen. Yeah, we'll see. Full, uh, local focal sales. I agree. At 10 years to your age as a man. Facts. Jenny Valdez. Hey, Adam. Awesome guy, but I'm here for Walter. Holy, looks so good in that Amiri and jewelry. Love my chocolate man, BBC. I got to okay. tell you, that's not Jenny that Valdez. Not her, yeah. That's why that's so fake. Rod Eric, <laughs> FNF Dallas so meetup. Vote Dallas, Dallas, Texas. Shout out to you. Oh, uh, man. Five bucks, local focal. How rich can a McDonald's employee from get from savings? Don't not talk rich about at, all. at all. Uh, local folk. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, we answered that already. Anthony Robbins said, uh, way regret of pain. The weight regret of pain now versus pain later. Bring Anthony Robbins on the show. Okay. Uh, two bucks, Sebastian. Can you you recommend some REITs? We'll we're going to talk about that here in a second. Um, uh, Mystics Media, do you sell uh, fresh and fit hoodies without the writing on the back? Yes, I just put them in the store just now, guys. Go on there, fresh at podcast store. Comment doesn't have sim to pimp on it anymore, so you won't get kicked out of your classroom or work. Michael Meestroke, hit the like button. Thank you so much, you guys. We got thirty three three thousand plus y'all in here. Like the video. Like the video. Also, um, let's cut the let's cut the. Uh, we're going to go right to YouTube only, guys. We're going to cut the Twitch stream and the Twitter stream. So come on over to YouTube. YouTube. YouTube.com. Fresh uh, that slash fresh fit okay or fresh and fit search us on there, all right. So we'll kill Twitch right now, and then uh, we're also going to kill Twitter guys. So check us out on YouTube, fresh Only. and fit together. Okay, and cool. P Hub, uh, yes, uh, and P Hub. I hope not. I gotta okay. tell you, I'm super impressed with just all this. I'm watching all these things. Like you guys have no idea what these guys are doing behind the scenes. So <laughs> these super chats are very helpful for these guys. Keep doing it. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, Doc Hancock. Uh, shout out to Fresh and Fit and Chris in the back. No one working as hard as y'all and Fresh Ninja take me outside to network, okay? Actually, he came on a yacht uh, with oh, us did? with the girls in networking. It was pretty dope, so shout out to Doc Hancock. Gingerbread Man, you see the shrimp, the shrimps that got finessed by Alana Rose for $1.5 after she rug pulled her NFT scam? I mean, Project, this is why you guys are needed. We got y'all, man. Don't believe these 304s. <laughs> Local Focal Sales, this guy's like every self-mastery plus sales book ever. Listen to your boys, read books on wealth development, management, sales, and implementation with speed, okay? King Kareem, I see that someone's been reading for life. Uh, uh, two bucks. Uh, thoughts on FHA loan trying to buy first real estate property and what bank slash credit unions are a good start. FHA loans are fantastic. Help you get your first property. Do it. Yep, JP did. Silva, 10 bucks. Are you guys joining so True Social, Trump's new app where you can literally have free speech about anything potentially? Uh, Camino Kill 12. Big Mo, 
You did an amazing job earlier. Shout out to Chris for doing more than anyone realizes. And shout out to Discord gang. FNF, we up. Absolutely. Shout out to And Nigga. then last two here, Broderick Daniel. Yo, uh, Mark, thoughts on NFT slash crypto? Nigga, who's Mark? I think he means Adam. <laughs> uh, and then No Trust, whole life insurance policy plus Roth 401k cheat code. All right. So, guys, from this point forward, just so that we can make sure that we streamline the show, well, we we're going to read uh, a few more. Like a few more. Okay. Oh, Rolo Tomasi's here, I'm too. Only, we're only going to read 20 enough from this point forward, guys. Yep. Uh, but all super chats will be shown on screen. So, thank you guys so much for the support. Your, your chat will be shown on air. Uh, strong bags will only read the 20 ones. Uh, what about crypto? I retired from last year from crypto. Great for you, strong Anti -coon. bags. Anti coon. Fun fact the guy won 580K on a $20 bet. I won to 1,900 odds and won to 220,000 uh, 120, odds. Rams versus Bucks and Chiefs versus Bengals with a three point spread. He guessed the score of the game as well. All right, cool. Jeez. Uh, glad to see Adam here. Watched a few episodes of a Sauce Podcast and enjoyed it. Adam is a great moderator. Enjoy your introduction to RP Adam. You'll fit right in. City Boys Web. Yes, he's a great moderator, by the way, guys. Bro Reviews. If your advice, in your advice, is it better to lease or purchase a car slash truck? We'll talk about that potentially at the end. Uh, Richie Hustles. I personally uh, I like high-yield dividend stocks, 4% plus. We're going to talk about the REITs here in a second. Albo Ace, 10 bucks. If you were able to leave a job, where would the best place to put your 401k from said job into? Pull it out and invest into my index funds, create a Roth IRA, or transfer funds to a different 401k. It depends on what you're comfortable with, guys. So, like when I separated from the government, I took my my money out of that uh, um, uh, that IRA account, that um that thrift savings account, and I used it to buy uh, my first real estate property, which I was able to then leverage and get more properties. Okay, DL Saint, 100 bucks, great show, second show of the day. I see y'all working hard, and y'all have a point zero thirteen percent. Uh, brother at the table. Uh, definitely got PBD in the <laughs> show. PBD Rolo. from the yeah. front. Gentlemen, yeah, that's what your number got, right? Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, oh, thank you, Saint. Yeah, Saint man. And then, Rational Mail, 10 bucks, get rich slow. How many times have I told you guys exactly this? Very true, you have. Yep. And then, Tap in Production, shout out to Rolo Tomasi. Go subscribe to the channel, by the way, guys. Tap in Productions, what was that, Chris? Oh, sorry. Right. Uh, buy Amazon stock. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a little, yeah, well, it's crashing right now, so it probably wouldn't be too bad to buy. So, can you tell the people uh, what you have in your portfolio as far as like ETFs and index funds? Which specific ones? I know you got the S&P 500, which is what? Yeah. Blue probably? Or What's that? Is it VOO or do you use the... Um, well, it's the Fidelity one. So ah. it's... Um, so it's the Fidelity ETF or it's the Fidelity Index? Fidelity... Um, well, I actually have an active trade... Uh, sorry, it's not an index fund with Fidelity. I have a mutual fund with Fidelity. It's the... Forgive me if I don't know the exact uh, Fidelity... Where it attracts the S&P 500? Yeah, exactly. It attracts the S&P 500. Not an ETF? Not an ETF. Okay, no, I actually don't own any ETFs. Okay, no. I have no, a target no. date fund uh, with right Vanguard now. on the, the 401k... I have um, index funds and my Roth IRA. Ultimately, everything kind of tracks the broad market index fund or the S&P 500. That's mm -hmm. the whole exactly. getting it back to the Boglehead book. It's like it's okay. when it comes to investing, it's okay to be boring. You know, Absolutely. like to, to use the whole Jordan Belfort thing, that guy made investing fun and sexy and wild and mm -hmm. everyone else got their money stolen. And lost their money. Mm -hmm. So the get rich slow thing actually works. I've seen it myself. You know, so everyone, there's always going to be people saying, well, actually, you know, there's a better rate of return with that index fund. And then I don't know, what are, what are the expense ratios in this? And FXAIX? I don't know. I, I can want me to pull it up? No, you don't have okay. to. But yeah, that's, um, that, I see here it's Fidelity 500 index fund. There's so, so many different things. And, yeah. and the... Good. The number one thing, it's not the rate of return. It's not the expense ratio. It's not, you know, the low load fees when it comes to investing. It's none of that. It's are you actually putting money in the fucking account? 
You know, it's are you putting in 10 grand a year? Are you putting in five grand a year? It's always the person who doesn't put money in and they're like, well, that's uh, that's bullshit. You can get a higher rate of return somewhere else. It's like, bug, you, you're you broken shit. Yeah. You haven't even started investing yet. Yeah. There's yeah. always like, it's kind of like the, you know, trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers. It's always yep. the people who aren't doing shit that want to critique and correct every little tiny little thing that you're doing. Where it's like the more money you put in, the more you get out, man. Because that's exactly. how you can seriously like use the compound interest to like snowball your fucking money. Correct. You know, I know guys that are putting in like 10k a month. He's gonna have millions in there. Hundred you know percent. Also, the confidence, man. Imagine this: you're putting money into your future, right? So when you step outside now, you're secure. You can go forward, think it clearly, mm -hmm. and the debt you mentioned earlier isn't on your mind. So like, everything is straightforward. I haven't thought about debt since I paid off my student loans five years ago. I have not thought about debt. Okay. I do have a credit card. I pay it off every month. Done. So and people say you can't buy confidence. What are the, got the confidence? Adam, what are the REITs that you have? One of guys asked about it. So there's a company called Fundrise. Okay. You ever heard of Fundrise? I don't want to start plugging their company until they start paying me uh, a sure. dividend. But, but yeah. basically, yeah, yeah. there's there's a, a couple different REITs that you can get through through that company. But yeah. And re the good thing about REITs is, uh, from what I've been told, they give typically the best dividends payback if, if that's what you're looking for, which honestly, I mean, you really shouldn't be looking for. But some people do want, they, they just want to put a bunch of money into that. And not necessarily hold real estate because I don't want to deal with, mm -hmm. you know, fucking tenants the, and shit. The headache. But uh, here's what I'll say about real estate. And people are always like, oh, you got to have real estate. You got to have real estate. And I get it. Eventually I will, you know, buy a place. But real estate is not a part-time job. If you're going to do real estate, yeah. you have to do fucking real estate. Like anyone who's like, yeah, I just buy a property and, you know, it's on autopilot. Yeah, right. No. 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 So <laughs> for me... It's all about bandwidth. It's okay if I'm buying a piece of property and I got to get a property manager or I got to manage it myself and Thanks. fix it up and do all that. Yes, there is money to be made for sure if you do it the right way. But you're you're an active investor, right? So I know you said that you have properties up in yeah Connecticut. Um, yeah, but I have a manager exactly, which is exactly and you're your family gonna, like. You, yeah. But like if you didn't have a man, let's say you bought property in Connecticut. But you had to fly up to Connecticut oh, every time something terrible. happened, mm -hmm. you'd be miserable. It would be terrible. So, um, you know, I dude, I'm 99% of my friends are married with kids. Like, they're all 38, 39, 40, 42, whatever they are. They all own their houses. And I asked them, one through 10, how do you like being a homeowner? Some are like, yeah, it's, it's good. I like a like a nine. Like, I love it. Some are like, dude, it's a fucking three. Like every other day there's a leaking something, something, breaks. I, something breaks. I fucking hate it. And so Taxes. I get, I, there's always something I got to redo something. So it's like, it's not just like I bought a property and I'm a real estate guy. And that's how it works. It's no, there's different. That's kind of like, so for instance, I'm a, so there's, there's day trader and there's a decade trader. There's okay. timing the market, try to time the market and get in and get out, which is impossible to do. Yeah. Or there's time in the market. That's yeah. me. So the day traders are kind of like just, all right, they got lucky on a stock and then they lost money and it's like the crypto trader, they're in, they're out. That's, that's to me, that's just nonsense. You're never going to get ahead like that. That's kind of like trying to get rich quick. Mm -hmm. And some people do, let's say one out of a hundred, but 99, they're going to lose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The people that try to get 
rich slow, use compound interest, eighth wonder yeah. of the world, max out their 401ks, max out their Roth IRA, do it the right way. Over time, those guys are going to It's a very win. safe way to build wealth. And, and you know, the, people like to criticize like Gordon Ramsay for advocating for that too, you know, getting rid of debt. Dave Ramsey. Uh, Dave, sorry, Dave yeah. Ramsey. Gordon Ramsay. The, the chef. chef. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> sorry, guys, I haven't slept all day, yo. Gordon Ramsay. Uh, uh, yeah, Gordon Ramsay. What the fuck am I talking about? Uh, so no, uh, Dave, Dave Ramsey. He's stupid. Thank you. Uh, Dave Ramsey. Uh, he's been waiting all day for that one. Um, you know, he, he, he gives you know, people say, oh, it's too conservative. Yeah. He's, he doesn't take risk or whatever. But honestly, his his advice is good for like 95% of Americans that Correct. have a spending problem. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, But you know what's funny? A lot of millionaires that I'm, I'm meeting now, like they don't own property. They have mm-hmm. a condo, a dope, dope condo that they work from. But they that they rent? Like things, or what do they that do? they rent. Yeah. But the, what they invest in is like stuff online that they don't have to manage. Correct. And have freedom. They could go anywhere in the world. Correct. They're free, but their money is tied up in assets that are online. Very similar to what I do. Because okay. yeah. you can take your investment it's, portfolio wherever you want true. in the world. It's you can't freedom. take your real estate property. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Um, this is what I always say is that keep your expenses low and your fe- flexibility high. You know, the American dream at one point was buy a house, white picket fence, 2.5 kids, two dogs, work at the same company for 40 years. You retire, they give you a watch, you get a pension, you know, and you ride off in the sunset and, you know, you retire at 62 and you die by 65. (laughs) These days, the American dream is whatever the fuck you want to make it. Yeah. You do whatever you want. Once, so I, I found myself being what I call chilling at age 35. And it's like, what do I want to do with my free time? And that's, um, you know, I talk about these six principles, you know, number four is investing and, you know, compound interest and everything with that. And I have invested in crypto. We could talk about that. Yes. Number five to me is, um, protecting your biggest asset, which is, so I ask people this, so I'll ask you, uh, well, what's your biggest asset? Like if you add it all up, what's your biggest asset? Right now, real estate. Okay. So what do you own? Property. Okay, so you own property. So that's your biggest asset. What's your biggest asset? My my property. Okay, sure. so your property. So Seven. what if I were to tell you that you're both wrong, you're gonna look at me like, what are you talking about? Shit. Your biggest asset is yourself. Is you. Hey, okay. Yo, okay. Yo, I'm telling you. Your your biggest asset is is that every day, yeah. every week, every year, you're gonna be coming and doing this fucking podcast. And it's obviously blowing up and it's only gonna blow up even more. Yeah. So your ability to work and earn an income is invaluable. It's worth millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. True. Not whatever your, you know, million dollar property is, right? Yeah. So your ability, so when I talk about protecting your biggest asset, what is that? That's insurance. So whether that's health insurance, disability insurance, life insurance, these aren't exactly sexy things to talk about. But God forbid, you know, you get fucking throat cancer. Yeah. How do you do a podcast if you can't speak? True. Well, okay. Do a sign language. And yeah. Fresh. Well, yo, act fresh. You know what? You do it every day. <laughs> Just so you know, I've been taking classes for my speech. It's improved a lot more, and uh, I'm getting better. So Fuck you're you, doing Chris. great. <laughs> Fuck you, Chris. Got them both. Shut up, bitch. Right. <laughs> Stop the cap. Yeah. <laughs> so, so well, that you know, that's the the fifth element of this principles that we're talking about, and then. Mm. When I talk, and so th- I'll circle back to my initial comments about yes. when I started interviewing all these people and I'm basically saying, you know, I, I went to this one, um, it's called an estate planning conference. Mm. So an estate planning conference is like, are you familiar with the estate tax? So the estate tax is like when you die, oh. if you're worth over a certain amount, really right now the threshold is 20 million, give or take. Mm-hmm. 
If you're worth less than 20 million, you die and you're good. If you're worth more than 20 million, you owe 50, whatever the amount over. So let's say you're worth 25 million. Mm -hmm. Your first 20 is tax exempt. And then your remaining 5 million, oh, God. you owe 50% of that to the government in taxes. Yeah, Uncle Sam, go, Uncle Sam so it's, it's called the death tax or the estate tax. So I'm at this conference where everyone there, if they're there, because they're the financial advisors to all these wealthy estates. If they're there, that means their clients are all worth over $20 million. $20 million. That's like the entry fee to the club, $20 million, right? <laughs> right? So I'm asking these people, all these ridiculous wealth advisors who are managing, you know, family offices and, you know, just... Insurance companies. Uh, yeah, all that. Uh, like... The At biggest top, companies oh, on the oh, planet. percent of the U.S. population. percent. Oh, 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 the, the advisors of those people. And I said, you know, after you've made your millions and your billions, like, what's next? What's the next fucking thing after that? Yeah. And they're just like, legacy. Just leaving an impact. So, um, you know, whether that's philanthropic, whether that's through your family, whatever that is. So I asked all these wealthy people, it's like, once you've made all this money, like, do you just retire and do nothing? And they're like, ha, 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 you fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> no, you, everyone does something. So what I've realized is like the truly wealthy, they don't just stop working and do nothing. True. Everyone enters what I call, it used to be called retirement. Retirement is like the typical, like I retire, I don't stop working. I go on a rocking chair. I just sit by the ocean and I wait to die. That doesn't happen anymore. People, social security was basically set in, at, at, um, you know, during the FDR and the new deal. Excellent. That to basically as an insurance policy, if you lived a couple of years too long and it would kick in, you know, at 62, 65, you'd live to 67 and then that you're done. Now you can live to 80, 90, hundred, no problem these days. Yeah. So what are you going to do with the last 30 years of your life? So my ultimate point is this, you can find yourself at chilling at age 35, like I was, or you, some people that happen at age 65 and chilling is when you own your time. And yeah. when you own your time, you can. I ask everybody, if you had $10 million in the bank, what would you do with your free time? Like if you had 10 million bucks in the bank, fresh, what would you do with your free time? 10 million bucks Bro, in the bank. I'm bored right now. You're bored. So I can't even imagine. Uh, but just real quick, yeah. real quick. So I thought people that had real money, that were worried about money, they wanted to try to like save money on taxes. Mm -hmm. How do you minimize taxes at the point if you're that wealthy, like 20 million? Yeah, that's why you have to have an estate planner like we talked about, and yeah. that's what they do. Like the whole concept of this conference that I go to, yeah. it's actually put on by the University of Miami. It's called the Heckerling Estate Planning Conference. Mm. Is all It's called trusts and estates. You have to have mm -hmm. a trust. You have to have a will. You have to have all this fancy stuff that they basically, it's all legal loopholes to yeah. avoid taxes. Yeah, trust. Grantor trust, eyelids, irrevocable, life insurance trust, having life insurance. So like here in Miami, um, I don't know if you guys have been living here long enough, but the Hard Rock football stadium where the Dolphins play used to be called Joe Robbie Stadium. Yep. Does anybody remember that? Yep. Okay, you remember yep. that? Yep. Mo, you remember? Yep. used to be called Joe Robbie Stadium. It was yep. owned by the Robbie family. Yeah. Well, what happened was in 1994, whatever year he died, uh, the government was like, hey, you know, sorry to hear about, you know, Joe Robbie, uh, but the, you know, kids, uh, you owe $150 million to the government in the state tax. And they're, oh, shit. Oh, oh, shit. And they're like, how would you like to pay this bill? You know, a lot of times to, to, to your, to your point, mm. Walt is, 
you know, you'll have life insurance or grantor trust or islets or all these fancy estate planning mechanisms that would basically kick in and like, all right, here's the 150 tax exemption right there. Boom, we planned for it. Mm. But, you know, James Brown, Whitney Houston, the list goes on and on. They didn't do any estate planning, you know, oh, damn. At whatsoever. So what happened to Joe Rabbi? Their only asset was sell the football team. Mm. So they sold it to Wayne Huizinga for however many hundred million. They paid back the government and they had however much was left over. But basically, this is what's called estate planning failures. Every year, there's um, a company called... Um, it's like uh, life insurance media. I forget the name of the, the company. The point is they're like, who basically fucked up on their estate planning this uh, year? They, they, exactly. Okay, so like the estate planning failures. Exactly. Who <laughs> fucked up this yeah. year? Who wow. died and didn't do exactly. Who shit died and didn't do their shit right? So that to your, to your question is, yeah, at the end of the day, what did you do with your estate planning? So um, it's amazing yeah. to me how many different ways, uh, the wealthy have to protect their wealth and keep it from Uncle Sam. You know, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm just starting to scratch the surface. Legal ways, I, I, yeah, nonetheless. Legal ways, of course, yeah. no, but there's yeah. illegal ways too. Yeah. Like if you read, like the offshore, off, like offshore, offshore exactly yeah. the Panama Papers <laughs> and the uh, pandemic papers, all this stuff that's happened in basically over the last yeah. few years about all these wealthy people putting their money offshore. Yeah, and I'm just starting to scratch the surface to figure out like how the the wealthy like maintain their money. And for me, it's through the, through real estate. You know, I figured out what depreciation is and then cost segregation, which is an advanced form of uh, depreciation. If you guys want to check that out, go watch the Money Monday we did with our boy Steve from accounting. And we broke it down. But I was like, holy shit! Because when I saw how much I was supposed to pay in taxes and how yep. much I think my tax was going to be this year, it hit me right there. I was just like, wait, this wow. is why Trump does yes. not want to show his tax returns. This is why Kiyosaki doesn't pay taxes. This is why guys like Grant Cardone probably pay less taxes than someone that makes fifty dollars to $100,000 a year. And actually, Grant Cardone took, told a story when he was on the Impulsive podcast how he knew he was going to get a fat tax bill at the end of the year. And he, bought, and he went and bought a fucking jet. And he bought the jet like on December 30th. And actually, yep. that was what motivated me to buy a house in the last minute because I was like, bro, I need to buy something that I can write off. And luckily, that I was able to do it with that house. But this guy spent like millions of dollars yep. to buy a jet so he could fly around the United States to check out property. All tax write-off didn't end up having depreciation, a big tax, tax write-offs. Crazy. It's all it's all a game. Yep. It's you know Trump, whether you like him or hate him, whatever it is. I like him. Fuck he, the haters. He he plays the game. Facts. You know he his famous line is, uh, you know I, you know criticize me all you want. Yeah, I did whatever was within the law that I could do. If I didn't pay taxes or if I. You know, skirted the law Hillary. or whatever. It's I just paid, played by the the. I think uh, Hillary. I think it was either at a debate or one of their conventions when they were running in the presidential campaign. She was like, "Donald doesn't pay tax," and he's like, "But that's because I'm smart." And exactly. I was like, <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck yeah, baby!" Like, you know, because because he know he knows what he's doing. And what I what I learned, um, you guys should definitely read this book by Tom Wheelwright. It's called uh, Tax Free Wealth. And what I basically learned from that book, and I'm gonna try to get him on the show for y'all as well, guys. Don't worry. Um, was if you support if you provide housing. You provide employment. Mm -hmm. um, if you do, and basically, if, if you provide those two big things, uh, housing and employment, you will get huge tax write-off write-offs because the United States is built on the backs of small businesses, right? Correct. And if you basically help generate the economy and make it stronger, so they give you huge tax benefits for housing people and employing them. And think about it: Trump has a bunch of hotels where he employs, you know, thousands of people. Then he has a bunch of housing that he owns in New York that uh, um, that employs and then houses. So bam, he's like the best candidate. To get tax breaks. Trump Towers. Yeah, Grant Cardone. You know, Cardone Capital. Employing people, also buying real estate, and also, uh, you know, has his business and he employs people. Same with Kiyosaki. So, like, 
Then I figured out, damn, this is how these guys get away with not paying taxes. Yeah. They provide housing. They provide jobs. jobs. Bang. U.S. government's like, all right, you're helping the economy grow. You're basically stimulating us to keep us afloat. Bang. We're going to give you a great tax benefit. You don't got to pay shit. Meanwhile, their employees that make 1% of what they make pay more in taxes. Crazy. Yeah, I, I, you're, I, you hit Sorry. the nail on the head. But the, the the thing that I always gravitate back to on real estate is, you think Trump's a fucking rookie? You think Kiyosaki's a rookie? Of course. You think Card like they had to get a small little property? They took that, they turned that into another property. Then they bought a duplex, and then they bought a quadplex, and then they bought a you know a fifty. Per like it takes time. W what okay. I try to yes, real estate can be lucrative. Real estate can be great. That's your fucking, like, you better double down on that. If you think you're just going to buy a property, you know, fix it up, flip it, and voila, you make it. It doesn't work like you're that. You're 100% right. And we it's have a real estate consuming. expert in the house yeah, right now. Yeah, Roger in the house, and so, Roger manages my properties in, in Florida, and my parents are upstairs, and yeah, man, I'm sorry, upstairs, in Connecticut, and yeah, guys, it is not easy. You know what no. I'm saying? Especially if you want to be hands-off, you're going to have to hire people or do it yourself, which that sucks, so I agree with the, you. The it's easiest thing to do, the easiest thing, and this is what I, it's all about bandwidth, the easiest thing to do is just have your 401k, mm -hmm. uh, you know, get your match, you know, max out your Roth. That's the easiest thing you could do. That's Can't vanilla. Do, you don't have to do shit. You don't have to do shit. That's like basic stuff. Now, from there, you can go into diversify and have different assets and asset allocation. But is real estate lucrative? Yes. Is real estate easy? No. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're and willing you to put in the work... Exactly. You need capital to get in it so, unless you're going to do FHA. So no, I, I, I think um, what you're talking about is like going to be uh, the strategy that like 90% of people have to take. They should. Which is, and it's a safe way yeah. too. Like you're, you know, the index has consistently been given great returns. I think somewhere between 10 to 13% the S&P 500. Yeah, 10% so, for the last 100 years. There you go. So it's consistent. Yeah, if, you don't, if you consistent. don't know what to do, if you don't have a business, if you don't know uh, how to start, Start with that. Yeah, yeah. it's very safe. Yeah. Um, okay, let's transition over to sure, crypto. Bro. What's your thoughts on crypto? So I got into crypto in 2017. Okay. So here's my crypto story. Guys, like the video, um, please, before he gets into this. Yeah, thanks, Sub guys. channel. And sub to channel. Um, and check him out as well, Valuetainment Money. Thank you. Um, and this was right as I was transitioning from basically doing the, the hedge fund thing full-time into doing the you know social media thing. And again, it's all about bandwidth. How many things, you know, I think most people can do at most three things efficiently. Everyone wants to Facts. talk about different streams of income. You got to have different streams of income. And again, it's like, no, how about having one awesome stream of income? Mm -hmm. Have one. And, that's and then from there, you can Start. maybe do a little bit more than that. So for me, like I saw when I was focusing on my main job and I kind of veered off, my income took a hit. Mm. Like, oh shit. I was making 450. Now I made 300 this year. Like that's $150,000 because I like doing fucking interviews on uh, rolling loud. Like, <laughs> you know, let me, you know, so now it's kind of balanced out. So yeah. before you can kind of have different streams of income, double down on, on, on one thing, get yeah. great at one sure. thing, stop being a jack of all trades and special and be a specialist in one thing. Once you're a specialist and you've specialized in something, then you can kind of pivot into doing something so else. True. But if you try to take on too many things, you know, you're gonna just gonna be like all over the place. So for me, I was doing the hedge fund thing. I started with social media and I was doing my show, valuetainment, everything with that. And then crypto came along and my bandwidth was not there. Mm -hmm. I, like my best friend, the guy who basically gave me the equipment for the you know CNN, okay. CNBC, yep, was like, "Yo, bro, I'm telling you, Bitcoin, crypto, it's the fucking." I'm like, dude, he's telling me a blockchain and Bitcoin. <laughs> and and I'm like, like, what? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, listen, take all your bitty bops and Betty boobs and all your stuff. And just, I can't even deal with it. He goes, I promise you, bro. This is where it's at. It's 2017. Yeah. He goes, give me 10 grand, bro. Give me 10 grand. I'm like, Get the fuck out of my face, bro. You know? He's like, dude, you know, it's my best friend. So I give him 10 grand. Mm -hmm. The next week, give me 10 more grand, bro. Come on, dude. We do this song and dance for weeks and weeks and weeks. At this point, I've given him 45 Gs. And this is at the height of crypto. Boom, crypto crashes at the end of 2017. I think it hit like 20K when crypto basically went bust. It hit the peak and then it went down. It went down. Yeah. And he's like, oh my God, I feel so bad. I thought I knew it all. And he's talking to me about altcoins and stable coins and bitcoins and bitty bobs and blockchains. And he's like, he's like, do you want to sell? I'm like, no, I don't want to fucking sell. Nope. I just, I give you 45 grand and now it's worth 20 grand. Oh, no, I'm not him, selling. Oh, yeah, I gave him 45 so he asked for 10 and you said, fuck it, I'll give you 45. No, I no, get, no, he, he kept time, going back okay, every, okay. after yeah. week. He's like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, because crypto was going up and up and up and up. Okay. But this goes back to my initial point. I had saved that money. This was money that if I lost, I was prepared to lose. I had a nice, you know, chunk of cash. And I'd already done all my investments. I've done the safer investments there you go. before I did the crypto thing. Yeah. So I did it in order. I saved that. I you know, got out of debt. Save I saved money. that money. I had a lot of cash. I did all my normal investments, 401k, Roth IRA, all that traditional stuff, brokerage stuff, Fidelity, Vanguard, all that. And then I looked to crypto. So by the time I'm 45, almost 50 G's deep. Did you buy a Tesla stock before crypto? Tesla was three years ago. No, so crypto came first. Okay, so you started buying individual stocks after? I, yeah, just a okay. couple here and there. Nothing okay. nothing crazy. By it's the way, not anything. Um, your anthem should be that Lil Dicky song. Save that hey, money. we're going to save that money. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, shout out to Lil Dicky, of course. Fetty Wap. So, and Fetty Wap. The, so the point is, he's like, do you want to sell? I'm like, no, dude. Like, just Where buy and hold. Hodl. And then I started doing all my man on the street at the crypto conferences and learning what crypto was. And what I'll say is this, is like I said, the best investment you can ever make is in yourself, so, right? And getting smarter and faster and stronger and sexier and cooler and everything. Yep. That's why people watch Fresh and Fit podcast is Fresh so they fit. can improve themselves. You're At the end of the day, you're a, a self-development, a personal development for men for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. Women too. But it's just about getting better. Yep. So for me... Um, yes, investing in myself, but I invested in my best friend who then became a crypto expert. He was on his show, mm -hmm. got picked up by CNBC. It was called Crypto Trader on CNBC. He was the guy hosting fucking crypto shows on CNBC. And uh, he was going all over the world learning about crypto. This is 2017, 2018, 2019. Boom, the pandemic happened and he got shut down and he came back to Miami and he was doing his thing. But the point is, I invested in him. Now he has turned that 45 startup. Was it all in BTC or? He had done some Bitcoin, okay. some altcoins. He okay. was telling me shit about at the time Solana and, and Cardano and, and this. I'm like, dude, I have no clue what you're talking about. Like, no. And then he started getting into NFTs. I was like, out of oh, even more. The point that I'm getting at is he became, I invested in, an, so it's like, if you don't want to become a real estate expert, right? And you're like, dude, I'm making some money now, but I trust Myron. I trust my team. Let me give him, you know, money. some seed capital, 100 Gs. I know that we're going to split whatever comes in, whatever agreement you have, but you trust his expertise 
and you know what he's doing, you're investing in someone you trust. Now, if you don't trust them, don't give them your money. This is my best friend since His name is Jordan Belfort. Don't do it. Don't give Jordan <laughs> Belfort your money. But for him, he has now become like one of the main guys in South Florida in crypto. Wow. He's taken that 45 and he's put in a couple bucks himself. So let's call it 70 G's. And now that's worth millions. Shit. And I have 25% of that. Bam. So I'm not touching it. So I have a lot of exposure into crypto and nice. NFTs and all that stuff. But I'm not the crypto expert. I don't pretend to be the crypto expert, but I gave money to the crypto expert. Right. So... So here's here. what I'll, we, we got a guy that told us what to buy, and we just bought what he told us. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Charlie. Keep it simple. I'm Miguel. Same yeah, thing, and that's well, you know I went to uh, last year. What was it in June? The the Bitcoin conference here. Okay, it's coming back here uh, in a few months. Yeah. And I interviewed Anthony Pompliano, who's like one of the biggest Bitcoin guys on the planet, mm -hmm. and um, just a handful of just the biggest crypto people out there. And I asked them. I said, "Give me your top three cryptos." And number one was Bitcoin. Number two was Ethereum. Ethereum. And what do you think number three was? Hex. Uh, man. Maybe Solana or. Okay, you got a guess. Oh, he knows nothing. Dogecoin is that what he said? Dogecoin. <laughs> so, so that, that's the. There was no uniformity on number three. That was yeah. kind of my example right yeah. there. Yeah. Everyone had a different response. Yeah. Cardano, XRP, Ripple, Solana, did yeah. a Dogecoin. This is that Bitty Bop, whatever. So what I realized, I was like, oh shit, there's no uniformity on number three. Bitcoin's where it's at, and yep. then people are like, well, Bitcoin's old and slow. It's like, all right, cool. Ethereum clearly number two. Yep. And then number three, who knows? So like you said, you bought Bitcoin, you bought Ethereum, yep. but. You know, the whole HODL thing. If you would have sold years ago, you would have missed the bull run of crypto. Exactly. And same thing now. So investing is something that you buy and hold long term. Facts. And only sell if you absolutely need to. And then if you've saved your money, save that money. You're never going to have to really sell exactly. uh, your crypto. So everything that we've done with crypto, it's still in the account. He manages it. He's the custodian of the account. Boom, we've got some crypto money. What I will tell people is have some exposure with crypto don't go i know people literally that like everything is in crypto everything, yeah, everything. like yeah. every they pay their rent in crypto Yo, yeah. it's insane I know guys, to me legit volatility have no money in the bank yes they have to take money out from the crypto portfolio to, to spend I'm that like, to me is not a lifestyle crazy, i want to live that's yeah. not a lifestyle i want to live but then there's people on the opposite side that's i would so never risky. invest in crypto zero i would never i trust yeah. zero it's like hold it so you want to have zero in it so for me i follow the big boys so if you remember last year all the big boys bank of america um, you know, Square, Jack Dorsey, you know, oh, Tesla, er, like everyone, they started putting somewhere between three and eight percent of their portfolio into crypto. So, all right, yes, they did it. So, three, Elon Musk tweeted about it exactly. So, uh, if your happy medium is five percent, if you've got a hundred grand or ten grand for that matter, take five hundred bucks, take five thousand bucks, whatever, and put it into some crypto and play the long game. Right. But to, to, to keep your head in the sand like an ostrich, I don't think is a good plan, but to go all in on dogecoin with every penny you got probably not a good look yeah so yeah, you find got, your happy medium I, what i what my guy always told me was put in whatever you're willing okay to, with to losing. losing exactly like if you're if you put it in and you lose it are you gonna pull your hair out no exactly okay, that's, that's the analogy this the, the 45 grand i gave him was the number i was like if i lose this i'm gonna be fucking pissed at you yeah but, but it's not gonna change my life i'm still go. gonna be good to go everything's gonna be okay yeah you know which is a blessing in itself to have that much money. Exactly. And that, yeah. that goes that goes to just saving. And yeah, it's, yeah. look, it, when I was here, I'll tell you this. 
when I was 26, I was living, my, one of my friends played in the NBA. I was living on his couch. Okay. Fast forward 10 years later, I'm 36. I have an NBA player who just came to the Miami Heat living on my couch. <laughs> like just to put that in perspective, yeah. I went from the dude who was crashing on people's couches, you know, yes, some of them were celebrities or whatever, just regular people too, to literally NBA players crashing on my couch. So, but it took 10 years. Yeah. It took 10 years. It takes time. It takes time. So, you know, anyway, everyone wants to become a Dogecoin millionaire. You know, it's, it's, uh, those are for the lucky few. Exactly. Not for everybody. Um, all right. All right so I'll read, I'll read, uh, some of these chats real fast. And the girls are here, right? Yeah. They're, uh, don't test right now. Oh, they're all here, Chris? Yep. Okay. Um, 20 bucks, Elliot Wave review. Thoughts on holding physical gold and silver bullion as part of your portfolio as a hedge? Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want me to answer that? Uh, sure. Go for it. <laughs> I have silver myself. So what is, uh, fuck, I'm going to forget his name. EB. I'm, I, I want to give him a shout out. So what's no EB's worries. last name? I'll read these chats while you pull it up. Uh, Wayne, celebrating finishing a real estate deal four months in the making with FNFM. Great topic for Money Monday. Got you, baby. You go, Good man. To, uh, congrats on that big $100. Helping y'all get your money on point. T TJ, Boss Life. Uh, shout out Fresh and Fit dropping knowledge. Thank you. Boosted Coyote, 10 bucks for the algo. Thank you, guys. Like the video, by the way. We haven't been stopping the video, so we want you guys to get all this sauce. Time shift, 20 bucks. Just tuning in, so sorry if this has already been asked. What are your opinions on TR TFRA's tax-free retirement accounts? We talked about that with the Roth IRAs. Um, 20 bucks from Jonathan Adams. Where to start a good Roth IRA? How much should I say before investing? Where to start an index fund? Is Charles Schwab good? What are some good assets for beginners? How do you start... Uh, real estate goal is six figs by 30. I'm 22. Well, we answered pretty much all those oh, questions, yeah, bro. bro. So just go back and watch. Back we talked bit. about, um, you know, if you get anything that tracks the, the S&P 500, bro, or tax, uh, tracks the total stock market, you're fine, whether it's an index fund or ETF. Real estate, you know, get in your first property with a FHA loan, and you're good to go, man. I read the book Set for Life by Seth. Uh, it's an awesome book for a starter kit. Yeah. Um. So, uh, okay. So did you find it? Yeah, E.B. Tucker, he wrote the uh, book about gold. Basically, gold is... So Patrick actually went on Fox News with um, Dan Bongino. Do you know who Dan Bongino is? He's a Fox News uh, host. No idea. Um, and he debated Peter Schiff. Do you know who Peter Schiff is? About the importance of gold. Gold is good as a hedge against inflation. Yes, it is. Okay, so, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like... Yo, if shit goes down, you know, <laughs> zombies, and attack. zombies are attacking, you have gold. Yeah. Uh, and the debate was whether crypto is the better version of gold. And Patrick, but David, his argument was like, stop trying to compare crypto to gold. Gold yeah. is like doomsday prep, like hedge against inflation. Crypto is a complete animal of its own. Yep. But super wealthy people or people that want to preserve their wealth or their capital use gold as basically insurance as a hedge as, against inflation against if shit goes down so yeah i would say if you're building wealth and you have a you know kind of like i said to take five percent of your portfolio and put it in crypto take a certain percentage and put it in gold mm -hmm. i got into it i interviewed kiyosaki did you guys you guys he has a lot of gold you got yeah. gold and we, silver yeah he has a if there's gold. one thing i remember about kiyosaki about he's the one guy that i've ever interviewed and i've interviewed a lot of freaking people yeah he's the one guy who would not say to save your money i'm like yeah i'm like yo mr kiyosaki because we've hung out a few times yeah. and he's come to the studio to and he was at patrick's birthday and he's an og but he does not believe in saving money. Yeah, him and Dave Ramsey are. He's a bit. Yeah. He's a bit older, but his methodology is still young as hell. 
like in terms of investing his, in his whole thing is that he's a real estate investor yeah and he's yeah. rather that's like where it, that's, that aggressiveness yeah. is coming from unless you're money. a real estate investor you better be saving your money but he's like why would i save money if i can go to the bank and take out a 10 million dollar loan yeah problem is most people aren't able to be able to do that and he's one of the few that like loves debt like absolutely yes. loves he it mentioned yes. he mentioned a billion dollars in debt yeah so he's set for life yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah but his whole thing is playing the depreciation game and the amortization game yes. and yeah you think that guy's a rookie? You think that shit. guy isn't just like lollygagging through real estate? That guy's an absolute G. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to be doing real estate like he does, just read up, read up, yeah. read up, read up. And this is what I'll say and to anyone asking questions. Tom Wilwright is one of the best accountants in yeah. the world. Yeah. His accountant, Tom, Tom Wilwright. Like a lot of people don't know, like that's that guy's like the sauce behind a lot of, you know, uh, Kiyosaki savvy um, mm. tax tax things that he's, he's able a legend. to do. And Legally, I like that sauce. You know, the sauce likes the sauce. Exactly. Um, here's what I will say. Anyone asking yeah, questions, um, anyone asking questions, you could use any answer that someone gives you mm. as a, okay, cool, thanks for that. But then go do your own research. Then go, you know, say, all right, so Adam talked about getting a Roth IRA. Myron talked about getting an FHA loan, right? Mm -hmm. Walt was talking about getting involved in real estate. It's like, well, now go Google some shit. Yep. Get on YouTube, watch a video. Like, the research doesn't stop right here. So, question. It, if someone asks questions one-on-one, -on -one, like, let's say outside the podcast, where could they find you to do, like, do that, for example? Uh, I, my course is coming out on Valuetainment in about... Uh, a month so okay. reach out to, uh, on Valuetainment um, info at Valuetainment like we have an entire team that can you guys were there at the studio with yeah, that will answer nice. your questions so info at Valuetainment send an email and we, we'll get you guys set up with that fantastic Fine. man um, and then uh, the YouTube channel is called Valuetainment Money, money. Valuetainment Money exactly so the ma the mothership the main channel is Valuetainment mm -hmm. and then I host Valuetainment Money and Chris, then I also co-host uh, the PBD podcast real with quick Pat. man can yeah. you tell us about the PBD podcast yeah. sure. how you guys got that going and what it's like working with uh, Patrick Bet sure bro um, so great podcast thank you brother um, so Pat has been doing Valuetainment for years and it was mostly you know how-to episodes yes. motivation episodes he would do stuff uh, on a board episode and just like literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes of mm -hmm. money and business and networking and skills and, and entrepreneurship and yeah and then he pivoted exactly then he pivoted to um who was this right here valuetainment <laughs> there we money. go hey yo pretty good uh setup here hold on i see my boards fresh hey y'all put the timestamps <laughs> in that's what we're talking about baby hey 85k hey. yeah views right now so yeah that's actually killing it respect yeah there you go bro. um you need us on pbd podcast now bro. yeah that's what Dang. we're gonna have to arrange so yes. the the um so basically he um you know he was doing his thing just with valuetainment yeah and um then he's like you know what i think i want to do a podcast and i'm thinking about having some like some guests on and you know it's called valuetainment and, I, and my whole thing with pat is like you've given so much value uh like let's get some of that attainment going baby let's get Facts. some of that attainment going yeah so we started the podcast so we can kind of speak more freely non-edited everything that you guys do mm -hmm. so within valuetainment there's certain channels that we have like you guys have a short clips channel we've yep. got a short clips channel yeah, got a lot so of if you don't want to watch a two you know two hour podcast you can watch a you know 10 minute clip yeah um but then we have the pbd podcast that we've been we i don't know 125 episodes we've done so far mm -hmm. and i co-host that with pat yep and uh and you guys you know, film it live we film it live yep. we did one this morning awesome. with uh actually um former governor of illinois rod <laughs> uh look scott real quick. um 
Blagojevich, who was basically the governor of Illinois in um, 2008 when Obama became president and gave up his Senate seat and he was found guilty of selling Obama's Senate seat and got arrested and he was he was there it was in jail for i believe eight years and trump wow. actually pardoned him so he was on the podcast today blagojevich uh and he has a hulu docuseries called being blago years out. of federal prison yes that's crazy looking at blagojevich right okay. and the guy's got a head of hair like he's like ridiculous all right we got some chats here um right. um uh, okay and guys do me a quick favor like the video uh we're gonna get uh switch it up here to the after hour show in a second pause nation 20 bucks question for adam will you invite Jenny to the late show. We need her input on the current dating game. She's 27 her clock is ticking. Also send my condolences. <laughs> I, don't uh, think, I don't think that's happening. NBA Lulo, uh, 10 bucks. Are most NFTs really just money laundering schemes? There's a lot of thought behind that, that they are. Uh, I'm not one to comment on NFTs. I would just say that just be very careful with what you're buying. Watch our episode that we did with uh, Bandman Kevil. We talked about that, how to uh, yeah. make sure you don't people get scammed by NFT people. And then it just drops. He, he broke it down how they scam you on, on NFTs. Go check that episode out on, uh, with Bandman Kevil from last week. Um, and then also, guys, check them out. Value Tainment Money, Value Tainment Channel, PBD Podcast, uh, and uh, Instagram, Adam Sauce. Yes, uh, oh, Sauce Talks Money, SOS Talks Money on Instagram. There's, uh, I guess you guys are probably experiences yourself. I, you ever have any fake accounts pretending to be fresh oh, yeah, and fit? Are, yeah, That's what yeah it's happening. Yeah. So if anybody hits you up pretending to be fresh and fit, or if anybody hits you up pretending to be from Value Tainment or Sauce Talks Money, yeah. they're fake accounts. I assume nobody here is asking people for crypto on the DMs. Nah. Don't give oh, people money on Miami, the DM. I'm not DMing you. Yeah. Unless you're a female trying to come to Miami, I'm not DMing you for anything. All right. Me. Cool. So uh, guys, uh, we're going to uh, get going with the after hour show here in a second. Thank you guys so much for tuning in check out adam on all his youtube channels links will be below we had a great show man peace peace